Podtron. This podcast is part of the Podtron Podcast Network. For more, visit podtron.wordpress.com and Podtron Network on Twitter and Facebook. This was Rad. I'm Paul. You don't know my artistic vision! I am Greg. I want to remake Friday the 13th, but it's all underwater and it all stars sharks. Where two guys force themselves to watch movies from the 80s. Hey, have you seen Vision Quest? I sure haven't. Hell no! Alright, let's talk about it. The only thing that's missing is America built a wall. There has to be someone from Ford who went down and went, so, um, what, what happened here, Bob? It's a movie called Red Dawn. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> I'm going to start this again, and you're going to edit this out. back this is this was that podcast the podcast where we watch 80s movies and tell you all about them we if we like them we don't like them are they rad are they still rad i'm paul i'm greg all right and we're gonna go ahead and get started uh pretty pretty quickly uh first i think we also i think we right off the bat we got to address uh a problem we were supposed to record a totally different movie and unfortunately you can only find young guns by ordering a DVD, uh, is yeah, what we've I I was a little confused how this movie is available nowhere. Well, you know what's really interesting? I kind of just watched this movie like maybe three weeks ago, and it was on like HBO or Showtime or something like that. Okay. And it's not on there anymore. Um, I you could rent it if you had Verizon FiOS. Uh, 
But yeah, okay. I, I couldn't find it anywhere that was free streaming. Um, just that was it. Yeah. So we kind of got screwed on that one. So we thought our we thought about it. We put our heads together. We were like, oh, but we really wanted to watch Emilio Estevez, right? And so of course we went with the other great. Right, right. I mean, when you think Emilio Estevez and you think think greatest roles of all time. Dirty work. If you can't do Young Guns. Dirty work. He wasn't in Dirty Work. He was in a movie called Men at Work. Men at Work. Dirty Work starring Norm Macdonald and Artie Lang, one of the the underrated gems of cinema. Wait a second. No, I'm going to argue Emilio Estevez is in that movie. (laughs) He's in it somewhere. <laughs> he's in that movie. I de- I I defy you to tell me he's not in an uncredited I, role. In an, oh oh oh, in a in a cut scene. Yes, that was, that was yes. not actually. <laughs> yes, in a okay, cutting fair. room floor. Fair. And he was also in Men at Work with uh with his brother Charlie Sheen, where they uh, are Repo Men. They're trash men. Repo Man is a different movie starring Emilio Estevez. You are all over the map today, Paul. So we watched Young Guns two. <laughs> In anticipation of. Right. No, what did we watch, Greg? We watched Maximum Overdrive, Stephen King's only directorial uh, masterpiece, I guess, because it's the only directed film we ever did. I I think we're hurting the term masterpiece if we use that for this movie. Well, he only did one, so it's simultaneously (laughs) his masterpiece and his greatest failure. Well, I do... Like the fact that we have for a hundred and nineteen movies, this is a hundred and twenty for a hundred and twenty movies, we have said a significant amount of these movies were written, conceived, and somehow put together by just monster truck loads of cocaine. And and this this film is the movie <laughs> confirmed <laughs> cocaine fueled Stephen King. I believe uh, has has talked exclu- uh, extensively about. Just being high on cocaine the entire time that this so, movie was being written and made. Hit the quote that I found on Wikipedia from Stephen King is, I was on so much coke, I have no idea what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, And if I remember correctly, he blinded a stuntman for this movie. So... Uh, I looked up the accidents. There is one accident that hit a camera, and a cameraman got injured by flying pieces of wood, but no actual stunt people were injured. I see. I heard that there was a scene where it it was involving like a lawnmower blade. Yes, and that's, yep. he wanted, and he he demanded there be an actual lawnmower blade in the lawnmower, and yep. they told him it's going to move so fast the camera will not pick it up. And he's like, no, 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 we got to do it. And there was some accident involving that, and it blinded the stuntman. I, again, I have no idea so, if that's actually true. I don't know if it's the stuntman. Well, again, I was just reading up on it just haphazardly. Um, actually, I was trying to look where in North Carolina they filmed this, and it looks like it was in Wilmington. But no, it, it, the lawnmower hit a chunk of wood that they wanted to – it was supposed to just hit the wood and stop. And instead, okay. it hit the chunk of wood, and it spit out chunks of wood. Now, if it blinded somebody – I didn't see that, but I did see that someone got injured. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any actual like like uh, sources backing this up. It's just one of those things that I was I always heard. Well, what I think, Greg, what we ought to do is spend the next thirty five minutes trying to really delve into this because we've already spent a good two minutes on it. Yeah, you know why not? So let's do it. Let's just make this was uh, stunt accidents okay. happen. We've been talking about it for years. 
So many stunts to talk about. So many accidents. Well, we, uh, basically, our first season is just Mad Max. <laughs> okay, okay, there we go. It's a good one to start with. Anyway, Greg, was Maximum Overdrive rad to a young Gregory? You know, I I don't remember exactly when I saw this movie. It was absolutely in the 80s. And, I mean, what what more could you ask for when you have... Stephen King is is at his height. Mm-hmm. I'd say like late 80s to he kind of fizzled out in the early 90s, I would say. And he wrote it. He directed it. It's very loosely based on a short story called Trucks that he wrote. Uh, and I mean, how could this not be rad? You have cars trying to kill people. You have a weapons cache. For no reason. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. And just massive amounts of death, massive amounts of car accidents. Stuff's blowing up. People are getting shot. One time, it. I loved this movie as a kid. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> okay. okay. I was because it really is like as a as a child. I think you love the idea of like everyone's dead now. I have guns. Uh, you know, I have to blow everything up to survive. It's like a stupid adolescent power fantasy. <laughs> it's it's perfect. Uh, Paul? Yeah, I, I definitely saw this in the late 80s, maybe like 1990. I mean, definitely when I was like 10 to 12 years old. Um, I, it was it was on USA Up All Night. Um, I, I definitely saw this on TV. I don't know if it was USA, but I definitely saw it. Because I, I want to say this was one of the like... When USA Up All Night first started, they used to have, like, hosts of it. Um, the, are that you talking kinda... about the guy who was, like, dressed up like a weird superhero? Yes. Yeah. I and remember he would, like, him. And he would, like, introduce the movies. And he would, like... And he always had, like, a cigar in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> super weird. So I always remember him um, when he would introduce this movie. And, he, and I just remember being like, yeah, so now we're going to get into some action-packed truck-on-truck action. Here's maximum overdrive. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, and of course, I mean, the Green Goblin truck is the most famous part of this movie. Oh, I um, will never forget that but, that truck. Um, but for me, I, you know, what I always found rad about this movie, I didn't care about the people. I honestly didn't. I kind of just wanted to see trucks killing everybody. All where. And at one point I'm like, and even kind of sort of during this watching, I'm like, kind of don't care about any of these people um i kind of wish it was just trucks killing people for six days and then at the end you know like maybe you have like one or two stars that are in a truck like crossing the country trying to you know just stay one step ahead to get to like the ocean or whatever but man just the action in this movie was ridiculous everything the lawnmower oh my god the coca-cola machine i totally forgot about and how beautiful that is I will tell you, watching this movie, I don't think I've ever seen the first 45 minutes of this movie. Oh, jeez. Wow. Like, like for me, it always picked up when the kid was, like, riding through his neighborhood trying to, like, avoid the ice cream truck. Yeah. And people are already, like, huddled in the Dixie Boy. Like, the whole opening, the long, 
long. It is a long opening. Very it's, long it's, opening. It's very. <laughs> I have never seen. We'll get into um, it, but man. That opening. I was going to say, unless you, unless you have anything else. I mean, I, I guess I, I didn't really specifically talk about things that I remember from this, so I guess I'll do that real fast. Green Goblin truck. Uh, guy trying to take a stupidly oversized ring. <laughs> off of someone's yes. finger which i believe if you go back and listen to crawl i somehow inserted that scene into the film crawl where i thought a guy was trying to take a ring off somebody and he got killed i'm almost positive <laughs> maybe um i <laughs> going back to number one wow going back all the way back so um i remember that i remember the kid knowing morse code and i remember uh, Emilio Estevez blowing things up with that like rocket launcher that he has. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, the all cool scenes. I'm, we're gonna get to a, a bunch of that, I'm sure, as we go through the movie. So, uh, yeah. Why don't we just go ahead and get into Maximum Overdrive? Now what is it doing? It's Morse. Oh shit. No, really. I should know. I got a merit badge in it this spring. What's it saying, kid? Give me a pen. I can't keep up with it. Incredible. They want us to feed them. Feed them? Fuck them, let them start. And uh, this movie starts with uh, a, a twofer, Greg. It is oh, it is a... Oh, does it? <laughs> it is a wide shot of Earth, so it's space opening. And then it puts words on the screen. And I was like, ooh, okay, okay, movie. You've piqued my interest. Well, let me tell you, um, I. it is very hard for me... <laughs> To get into the coke-addled mind of Stephen <laughs> King. Because, remember how last time you wrote down every movie Blind Fury had, had thrown together in a blender? Yes. To make yes. that glorious, glorious milkshake <laughs> yes, that was. Yes, I do remember. A, a smoothie. We'll say we'll say smoothie that was Blind uh, Fury. Well, uh, I'm, excuse me. Uh, I'm from New England. It's a frap. It's a, a frap. Yeah. None of this frappe. No, no, no. Bullshit. No, it's a frap. It's a frap. It's a frap. Okay. And, 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 it's, yep. and since you're in New England, it's probably coffee flavored. Go to hell everywhere else. Coffee flavored. That. I put Jimmy's on my ice yeah. cream, not sprinkles. sprinkles. Go to hell, sprinkles. Sprinkles. No, no. Paul, we've been through this. Mm. Sprinkles are, are, are circular in shape. Yes. They're, they're, they're yes. spherical. Yes. Those are sprinkles. Yes. Long cylindrical things. Yes. Those are Jimmy's. Yes. End of story. Done. Discussion over. That's it. Moving yeah. on. Moving on. This movie appeared to be, I would say, no less than three different movies kind of all going at the same time. I would totally agree with this. So we we open with, with text on screen. Yeah. I I want to I want to, you can edit this out. I want to take two seconds and read the opening text if you Go have. for it. And, all right, all right, I've got it. On June 19th, 1987, at 9.47 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Earth passed into the extraordinarily, oh boy, this is hard to read, hold on, diffuse tale of Rhea M., a rogue comet. 
Is that an actual term, rogue comet? Well, I mean, if it's uh, if it doesn't stick to the rules of cometry. <laughs> does, does, does this comet have like a cool bomber jacket and like slick back hair? <laughs> well, no, Greg. What it's trying to do is it's trying to get the plans from the Death Star. And, oh. and I, was, uh, I was thinking, I was, you know what? You're I'm, I'm describing a rebel, not a rogue. Yeah, yes. Well, actually, <laughs> fair I, point. Actually, I thought you were describing uh, a World War II pilot, but sure, we can go with that too. <laughs> Maybe wait 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 okay. wait 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 maybe it just has unusually good looks as they like to say <laughs> and a devil may care attitude yes of course so, anyway <laughs> so rogi the rogue comet um according to astronomical calculations the planet would remain in the tail of the comet for the next 8 days 5 hours 29 minutes and 23 seconds why is that opening so specific. I was just going to ask, 23 seconds. At some point, I'm like, okay, this movie is definitely going to come down to a wire, and that's going right. to be the moment. Right. You and, think. And also, the, the information that we get is never given to the characters. No. Nope. Nope. As a matter of fact, as you watch the movie, they arbitrarily assume it's just going to be gone at some point, and they right. say... Maybe we'll give it six days. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Just arbitrarily. That, or you know. 40. Why don't we go with 40? Well, the opening crawl said 23 seconds. So, so anyway. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Anyway, that's our opening. Yeah. And I will say I things I do like about this movie. I like how it opens where the machines are all, have just gone crazy. Yes, I totally agree. We don't have a stupid scientist, like, working out calculations and, you know, oh my god, I have to get this to someone. Like, it's just like, no, look, we set it up. Like, something crazy's happening. Here's machines going crazy. You're smart enough to connect those two. Everything's and, 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 out of control. You know what actually is fantastic about this entire movie? And I know it's, a, it's like an end comment, but there are no scientists ever in this movie. No, there it's is a common man. Zero explanation. I kind of like that. I, I kind of like that it's just run-of-the-mill, this is just happening in a small town in Nowheresville. Right. I like that, that it kind of sticks into that. Um, it's very, I mean, this that's kind of a Stephen King hallmark where he is just, you know, it's, it, it's, 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 a, it's a small story that deals specifically with a small group of people, you know, yeah. it's, it's tight. It's contained. It's a lot of blue collar people and it's just them against this crazy thing that's happening. And that's, it's, yeah, that's his, that's his, that story. is fantastic. So, okay. So essentially what happens is ACDC starts coming on. Uh, <laughs> and I hope you like ACDC because they did all of the music. When the I saw music by, and then ACDC, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. You, you got all of ACDC to do the music, and what actually? And now, now, what they actually did was they listened to an ACDC record and stole all the music from it. Now, <laughs> I I got confused because I I had a I had an ACDC phase. I'd say like early high school, maybe. Sounds about where, right. Where uh, Howard Stern's Private Parts came out, and that soundtrack was really great. Mm -hmm. And it had "You Shook Me All Night Long" on it, and I was like, okay, I need to grab the essential ACDC albums you know sure. I, so I got i gotta go get back in black i gotta go get highway to hell i bought them both 
amazing albums start to finish those are great and then i'm like okay well now you know i know i know they have some other hits off of miscellaneous other albums and this one always threw me off because if you picked up who made who it would say this it would say acdc who made who and then like really small underneath almost like they were embarrassed the soundtrack for maximum overdrive <laughs> <laughs> oh, really like, oh that's weird (laughs) i always got confused i was a kid i was like is this an album or is it a soundtrack like i don't get it do you think they were in the studio and they're just like yeah we're going to we're gonna do it we're doing a a rocking album for this movie called maximum overdrive it's gonna be fantastic and it's gonna be just gonna be really rad and awesome it's gonna be just just great and then they watch the movie with the music in it and like (laughs) yeah i don't know if that's quite the acdc thing we're going for how many how many copies of the record did you make <laughs> how many pressings how many that many Ooh, it's yeah. quite a few can we, quite a few pressings uh can we make sure it only gets distributed to australia <laughs> can i hire a man to murder whoever signed this contract well actually uh it's our own fault because we uh we're as high as the director so now now had i paid um more attention because apparently i'm a real dumb kid as we've been over multiple times um this is kind of a greatest hits album by acdc because in the in the movie it's got you shook me all night long it's got uh for those about to rock we salute you it's got hell's bells but but so it's but that's what's interesting about it is it, it really doesn't it just has like overtures from all of those right so right like I mean. for those about to rock we salute you there's no, there's no lyrics i'm j- so that's why i'm assuming what they did is they ripped all this music put it in the in the movie because stephen king doesn't know or care right he's just bumping lines through through every cut and then they get to point to print the movie and they're like yeah um you you can't actually use all this music uh, unless you pay the artist and he was just like so do that so wait, you're you what what you're saying is Stephen King like broke into the editing suite when they were making this <laughs> yeah. movie and he's like, I got the perfect song for this scene. <laughs> yes. And he just kept putting in songs, and then someone along the realized every song he's put in has been by ACDC. Yes. Do you think we could just hire them? <laughs> yes. We'd probably save like a few grand if we just no, and, stuck to the one. And even better, every time he broke in, he was like, guys, guys, guys. I just heard a new fantastic band. You've never heard of them. <laughs> they have a new sound. They're from Australia. They've been around, I think, maybe like six months. Just Okay, here we go. <laughs> Listen to this song. It's Highway to Hell. Song's been around for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Perfect. The So I know Who Made Who was for, I don't know if it was for the movie or they had it laying around and they were just like, you can use it. But that was Who Made Who is the only original song. Yeah. Yeah. For the movie. And I, I was actually thinking about this. Do they do that anymore? What? In the in the eighties, you would routinely have bands write music for a movie specifically. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Happens all the time. Um I'll people give you a, still do that? I'll tell you right now, a great one. Uh Dominic Moynihan. Um the last song for The Hobbit. Uh um, But like that was like he got hired to yes, write it for yes. the he movie. He wrote that. Okay. Um Okay, cool. Uh whoever the, the English redhead is is super popular that I had to buy tickets for my wife and daughter to go see again. Whatever. Uh, Ed Sheeran. Um, Ed Sheeran wrote uh, the Misty Mountain song for the end of Desolation of Smog. 
Oh, no kidding. Now, those are just two examples that I know of, but I mean... Did they, I, did they, did they put Ed Sheeran in the movie and have him sing a song for no reason at all? Uh, no. Smart, um, smart move on Jackson's part. Yeah, like he has a little bit more integrity. A little, <laughs> a tiny bit. Let's put it this way. I know for as, a fact as we after talk about it. him, As we talk about the integrity of him turning The Hobbit into three god-awful <laughs> movies. <laughs> Such anyway, integrity! Okay, Greg, we are, for our listening audience before editing, <laughs> 24 minutes into this podcast, and we have words on the screen, ACDC. Words on the screen. That's as far as I got. And ACDC now, music. Be, <laughs> we be, haven't even gotten to the first scene yet. <laughs> To be fair, Which is the also rest of this movie minutes. is basically, and then there's some cars, <laughs> and then there's some people, and then there's some more cars. And then there's a rocket, and then, end of the movie. And then, <laughs> then there's a rat in a tunnel, <laughs> so, and then the movie's over. Okay, <laughs> so the movie starts right. with this okay. really cool idea that machines are coming to life, and... Yes. Now, this one is kind of interesting because even though it's a horror movie, there's almost like an unknowing to it because what happens is there's a drawbridge that suddenly comes online and starts to open while cars are on the bridge and the scene is really cool i really like this scene a lot everything was kind of like slow and drawing some of it's a little over the top like the truck that gets caught right on the middle as the bridge started moving his first thought was i should turn off my truck and confirm yep. that I am rising into the air. <laughs> yeah, very important. You got to know your altitude or you just, what are you going to do? And then get back in the truck, turn it on, and try yep. to move. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, also, I love the fact that there's watermelons just so many melons out of a truck. <laughs> I have to assume Stephen King was just really hungry that day it was and so ordered a truck full of watermelons. It's ridiculous. They're um, everywhere. So- now this is now this is a uh, this is a giant pet peeve of mine and this movie could not exist without what I consider one of the greatest cinema I guess sins I hate to say cinema sins because they're an actual that's an actual thing yeah awesome thing but but one of one of the biggest sort of movie sins yeah is setting up rules and then ignoring those rules when it's convenient to the plot this movie makes no <laughs> attempt to follow the rule that machines have gone nuts. Certain machines are out of control trying to murder people. Certain cars are completely unaffected. We're never, no explanation as to why certain ones are and certain ones aren't. Certain machines are absolutely trying to kill everybody. Certain other machines are not at all. And it makes no sense. And I don't understand it literally is just, well, it's convenient that these people have a car, so this car won't be trying to kill them. Oh, it's convenient that these people need to listen to the radio, so the radio won't try to kill them. This kid will try to escape on a bike, and it'll make him fall over, but this other kid is on his bike, and there's nothing wrong with it. It it makes no sense at all. Wait a second. Let's get there. Um, all right, let's, let's question, get there. I'll, I'm going to question the, mo- the bicycle in a, in a second, but okay. what we... Before we even get near there, because we, we we see this this bridge opening, and then it pans over to this truck stop where Emilio Estevez, uh, we meet Emilio Estevez um, and his boss, Bubba, and, and all these other different characters. Now, the way this movie kind of scenes set up the beginning, you almost start to think that like there's just going to be multiple scenes going on at all times, and, and it really doesn't. But um, you get there, and... Um, 
Nope, just let me hang. I'll get there. Um, yeah, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm sitting back. Green Goblin truck shows up. Okay, okay. Okay. So Green Goblin truck shows up, and now at the diner, there's some stuff kind of, kind of going on. So, but you're just gonna let me go through the whole movie, huh? I'm. Uh, you said you had somewhere to go. <laughs> I'm waiting I'm for you to tell I'm me when you get to there. The next goddamn scene, Gregory. All right, fine. <laughs> just leave so there's I'm there's so a little league while while <laughs> chaos is happening with the bridge. And and all these other machines are coming to life. We cut to a little league game, and the coach is like, "Hey, kids, I'm gonna buy you all sodas because you won." And um, the machine starts spitting out cans at the speed of like a like a Mach like a 10. gun, yeah, <laughs> Mach ten. <laughs> yeah. And um, so of course it hits him in the groin, classic '80s move. Yep. He falls over. It hits him in like the chest. He falls over some more. It hits him in the head and kills him. And then it starts shooting sodas. How many sodas are in this machine? It shoots like 70 or 80, now, I'd say. Now, see, you talk about movies, Sins. This movie has a lot of these where things just kind of sometimes have enough ammunition or fuel. Sometimes they don't. Very um, flippy floppy. Yeah, very flippy floppy on that one. So, yeah, the can shoot out. What I kind of like about this is we're 10 minutes into the movie and he's killed children. He, like, yeah, he, no, this movie... he beams two kids in the back of the head. We, we, we talk dead. about this a lot. This movie had the balls to straight up kill a kid. <laughs> Which we're going to get to right now. Uh, I, I don't know the name of the main kid, but he's trying to get away, and he looks over, and there's another kid riding his bike. I didn't get the impression his bike fell over. I got the impression the bike, that... He goes... The bike... It's like front wheel stops. The kid goes over the handlebars of his bike. That's not a normal bike fall Go for hole. Go for hole. If the if the he bike had, go had for fallen home. over left or right, I would have said maybe he just got scared. Maybe he dumped it. It looked like someone stuck a stick in the spokes of his bike and he flipped over. It looked to me like the bike flipped him off. Well, then the, the bike, bike was suicidal because what happens next yep. is a steamroller, a goddamn steamroller plows through the fence of the Little League and then rolls over a child and it's literally just like the the scene from austin powers like this kid should have easily been able to get <laughs> yeah up yes away. he should i don't know there's what so the many hell of these, was happening well, there's so many scenes of this where where people are trying to run away from uh, from vehicles that clearly cannot make hard lefts and rights that quickly right um but they straight up murder a kid which i thought was just crazy i agree and supposedly a lot was cut from this movie and there's like a there's like a hidden, like like extended cut where you see that kid's like head explode and stuff. I would not be surprised, not in the yeah, least. I, I in the '80s, it wouldn't shock me at all. Especially King. King King loves his gore. So anyway, that's going on. Um, and um, while that's going on, so we have the the people back at the Dixie Boy. A uh, woman gets attacked with a electric knife. I guess we can kind of go there. Yeah, that's actually all before that, but um. Yeah, she gets attacked by an electric knife. Um, what I really liked uh, was the guy that went into the game room and all the games kind of like started coming to life. And then a cigarette machine starts spitting out cigarettes. And I'm like, I like the 80s, man. Cigarette machine next to the kids' video games. I totally forgot which, by cigarette the way, machines were even a thing. I remember those as <laughs> right? kids. I absolutely remember them. I totally do. So did you ever go with your father to truck stops? Uh, no, not that I can recall anyway. So my, um, so my father used to travel a lot, you know, uh, he used to bowl in state tournaments and, and he was, I mean, he 
drove trucks and stuff like that. This truck stop is awesome because this is, it's exactly what I remember. Is you would just, Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd have the counter with all the truckers. You'd have all the gas pumps out front. And it was real, like, nostalgic. And then you start thinking, like, today, it's all what they call rest stops that are all, like, right. nice and friendly and, you know, and they have, like, the convenience store and all that. And I'm like, man, I, I would kind of like a place where, like, the grease is literally bleeding from the wall. <laughs> And it's all, it's all, you're all, uh, everyone there is a uh, convict. Yes. Who's being forced to work an extra hour a week, a day and not get paid for it. Yes, exactly. I do love, I do love that they put the waitress in charge of the food and it goes from like these nice organized piles of food to she's just throwing whatever on. It literally looks like a grenade, a food grenade (laughs) grenade. and it's just all over the place. There is... I hope you ordered an omelet with everything because that's what you're getting because there is no organization to this. I don't feel like an omelet's coming out of there. I feel like it's just going to be a pile of food. A scramble. A scramble, A giant scramble, yes. Excuse me, waitress. You know what you got. You got the eggs, grits. I think that's coleslaw and... This might be bacon? cigarettes. I don't know at this point. I have completely forgotten. God damn it, Herb. Just eat it. And, uh... We find out later on that that waitress you should not mess with because she's got a hair. She trigger. is fantastic. I love <laughs> no, her. She, she is, is the, the greatest character this movie, in this whole movie. Yes, hundred percent, hands down. Yeah. Hands down. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 um, b- basically, what what uh, I <laughs> there's a lot going on. So, so we have th- people in the Dixie Pig. Now we start seeing even more characters. There's so, a Bible salesman. Yes, with a girl in it. Who, again, their car works fine. Their radio works fine. Not affected by anything. And I'll, I'll address that at the end. But specifically. Oh, please do. But specifically, uh, I do. Now, the joke is he's a Bible salesman who's smoking, who's chewing tobacco. He's, he's basically groping this woman. Oh, he is feeling this woman up and she wants none of it. She has a fantastic comeback. Put your hand on me one more time and you'll be wiping your ass with a hook. Right, and he go, and he has the audacity to go. Well, you got a mouth on you. Yeah, I, I never heard language like that when I was a boy. Um, and then fantastic. So they show up, and and she gets out, and and immediately starts kind of connecting with Emilio Estevez there. And also, while this is happening, we have Lisa Simpson and her husband, who have just gotten yes. married. Yes, Yeardley Yeardley Smith. Yep, and they're they're also driving, and and so. <laughs> You have the the kid from the Little League game is trying to get to... He knows his dad works at the Dixie Pig. Uh, the, the, uh, the Dixie Boy. Dixie yeah. Pig is a reference to the Dark Tower, another Stephen King property. Yes. Very confusing. Yeah. Anyway, th- so you've got this kid is trying to get there. You have the newlyweds who are just driving. Uh, well, where are they going? Who knows? I'm going to guess... You have this Bible salesman who... Who arrived because the woman said, oh, I heard on the radio we need to get off the road. That one makes sense to me. So, Yearly Smith and her husband take forever to get there. Nothing really big happens with them, um, but we do go back. So, we go back to the Dixie Pig. Now, in the game room, I I, I only point this out because it really (laughs) sets up Bubba, the owner of the Dixie Boy, through the rest of this movie, of of what kind of character he is. We already know he's a jerk because he yells at Emilio, but in the game room, this guy gets shocked to death. And after being like hypnotized by an arcade game. Right. So you get shocked to death. You've cut to Yearly Smith, who are these newlywed couples who don't know what's going on. They're just scared for their lives. Cut back to the Dixie boy, and he goes, Okay, just take the body and put it in the basement. 
you think you should call the cops? I mean, legitimately. No, apparently not. <laughs> like, like, no cops are like, called like, in this like, like, legitimately, this is not your fault. <laughs> at at right. best, it's faulty equipment of the manufacturer of the game machine. I don't and know what needed, his trepidation is. All we needed was one scene where they went to use the phone. And, and it's, it's broken. Like, killed someone or it doesn't work or something. Yeah. I also thought that this was there's a huge missed opportunity where anything that played music or had a speaker in it, where it could like communicate, it could like talk to the people and give its demands rather than Morse code. No, no, no. It that just seemed weird to me. <laughs> Greg, Greg. Yeah. Nobody, nobody was literally snorting small <laughs> teacup saucers full of it. Full of coke. This, Thanks. This was this was Scarface level. <laughs> yeah. Coke. Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. And it. that's not even a joke. That's just Stephen King's writing desk. Right. Yeah. It 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 literally is made out of cocaine, so he can just scratch a little <laughs> off of it and then do a bump and then continue writing. Got his it. lovely his lovely wife Tabitha just walks in and goes, "Honey, I think it's snowed in here." And he's just like, "No, no, fine, Morse code." <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 so we uh, cut back. Now, we haven't seen anything else really come alive. I want to get to the scene, Greg, because it adds a dynamic to the This Was Rad podcast I never thought we'd get to. All right, all right, all right. Set the scene. We cut back, and Emilio is trying to talk to the, the woman. I didn't get any character names other than Bubba. I think the woman's name is Brett, but I might be wrong. Sure. So, anyway, they're talking... And we know machines are coming back to life. The goblin, green goblin truck is in the parking lot. They're talking near the back end of it. And one of the side mirrors slowly turns and does what? A little bit of peeping. We have <laughs> in a, in, we have a, in, a non-human yes, mechanical yes. peeper. Yes. I never thought we would reach. <laughs> I never thought we would reach the plateau of peeping. Where a machine would be doing it. It's it's it's, fantastic. it's become so human. <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing. Well, I asked it so uh for our loyal longtime listeners, I Willow watched the movie. I tried to get her on the podcast, but she fell asleep. She even asked, What are the machines listening with? Yeah, and, and what they apparently need to look with their mirrors, I guess. Like, well, sometimes they need to look with their machine guns. Right? Right? Also true. So, so, yes, they had to look with the mirror, and they're only talking that machines are coming to life. It's not even like they suspect every right. machine or anything. It's such a weird, such a like weird I said, thing to what, put in. What this movie constitutes as a machine is super flippy floppy. Like, apparently a gun yes. is a machine, but they also have guns <laughs> yes. that aren't that aren't. Yes. It makes zero sense, yes. man. So... Okay, so 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 that happens, and then we get to the kid. Uh, we go it, back to the kid who's trying on, to run. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta, what? I gotta finish my my thought on this because I would have been okay with it if the people were mentioning it. Like, well, wait a minute, that gun is being controlled. What about our guns? Like, if they were like that car isn't being controlled, but this one is. You know, this one uh, is self aware. Like. Nobody so, mentions it. It's just like, oh, well, whatever. I don't know. So I will say this. If you notice, not one car gets possessed. No, I, nope, I am totally, nope, I'm totally wrong because <laughs> there's a, I'm about to get to the scene where the kid drives to the, I drive to say, isn't it? <laughs> the kid drives, rides to the neighborhood and the first thing he sees is 
a Volkswagen Bug that has crashed its own its own. That's right. I apologize. I'm done for the show. Totally, I'm man. done it's making. I don't know what's going on, Greg. Also, were you what confused? <laughs> were you confused about how that guy was dead because he didn't launch himself through the window? He was hanging out the driver's side. That was his last gasp. So what? <laughs> he bumped his head and, and, and he went rosebud and then fell out the window. <laughs> Rolled down the window. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then flopped his body over and just died. Yes. I need to die as I live hanging out of a car. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So um so the kid so, sees this ice cream truck. Now I I I straight up I love wish, this scene. I wish it had gone. I this is a great one. Love it. It's so weird. Like like sprinklers are going off behind him and like just everything is weird. Like which a, like by a, the way, which by the way, again, sprinklers. No part. Zero part of nope. any system that would be connected to a sprinkler right. is mechanical or electromechanical. No. It's it's literally powered by water. Water it, pressure it, is the only thing powering that's it. That's it. <laughs> Go on. Because these are these are legit. It's not a sprinkler system. It's a sprinkler. It's the old it's sprinkler the old, that you, hook, right, up, it's you old, hook up with a hose and you have to manually turn it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, it's just... It's just great. Like, you see, like, a dog had, like, picked up an RC car and, like, the dog's dead and you, yeah, that was everything's ever. And it's, and it's great. It's tense because the kid is it, – it, it, it's super effective because it's showing the kid surveying how crazy the world has gone and, like, nothing is safe anymore. Like, did, hair dryers have killed people. Now did, cars have killed people. A Walkman straight up, like, got so loud it blew a guy's eardrums and that killed him. Like, it makes no sense. But it's – it hasn't really gone off the rails yet, well, so it's it's great. Know, no, but you know what? The, that kid, I don't know. Maybe after seeing your friend get run over by a steamroller, you immediately get into the Walking Dead mode of, well, this is my oh, life now. He is just because like, yep, he is there's desensitized. A dead body. There's a dead body. There's a dead body. <laughs> Whatever. Looks, just, Fine. Because I love it's the camera work. He looks at the dog, and they go back to the kid, and he just shakes his head like, shouldn't have picked up the car. <laughs> like, like it's the dog's fault right yeah was he a good dog who can say who knows he deserved maybe better. yep and he just <laughs> continued to run it's he's so broken immediately yeah i i think i want an entire backstory about like what this kid was doing when he wasn't playing little league because questions have arisen yeah and i feel we all want answers absolutely so so he goes the this is where the lawnmower chases him that we talked about earlier. It's an okay... I mean, as far as how it ends, it's okay. And then we see him kind of on the road to the Dixie Boy. And then we go back to the to the Dixie Boy. And his dad, who works there, was blinded because he put gasoline or diesel in his own eyes like an idiot. Because, I mean, look, I get it. The pump's not working. You want to look. Is it, you know, is it is something blocking it? Well, it was just working. So I don't know what you thought would have crawled in there and yeah. blocked it. At no point should you spend 35 full seconds staring into it, waiting for the prop guy to hit the pump. Because right. that's clearly what was going on. Maybe a little editing could have fixed that scene. Yeah. Just a, just an idea, but yeah, hey, whatever. Just a little bit. Hey, we know all about editing here. That's right. <laughs> we are we are top-notch in our editing here. We have a crack staff. So so the guy, he gets run over. And then the the and then uh the truck runs into the the Bible salesman's car. And now the Bible salesman has lost his freaking mind. Like he is just totally, totally yeah. gone. And 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 this is this is a thing where I don't understand the truck's motivation up until they demand gas. What, like 
sometimes they're driving around. Most of the time they're parked, not doing anything. Sometimes you can go out and look around and walk among them. Other times, as soon as you walk out, they try to kill you. It's no, like, there's well, there's a whole scene where Emilio Estevez goes and checks out the Green Goblin truck. Yep, yep. And well, the, the thing lets him walk up to it, open it, look around, move around, leave. It does nothing. Well, it's I... So, it doesn't make any sense. In the sense of a movie, it's the escalation. The trucks are... <clears throat> one truck is alive, then two trucks are alive, then they slowly all are terrorizing it, and then all, all hell breaks loose. I kind of get the escalation. The problem is, is it, it, there's no point to it other than they just want to terrorize these people, which is very yeah. odd to me. The, the yeah, motivation, other than you feeling for the people that are being terrorized, there is no motivation for the machines coming to life, which we are going to address very much so at the very end of this movie, because okay. with that, anyway, we get so much still. Let's just, we let's really just, don't. Let's because... just get through this. Oh, the truck, okay, so so truck kills a kid, bunch of people. <laughs> truck kills a bunch of people. The kid shows up. He he crawls through a um like a like Sewer like, like, like a drainage line. pipe yeah. that goes under the highway. He conveniently is near the Bible salesman who's like dying. And Emilio Estevez and another guy go out to try to bring him back. But by the time they get there, he's dead. Oh, they yeah, 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 the kid, yeah. and they go back. So now every character that we've seen is now at well. The Dixie Boys. We have missed one very important scene. At some point, after the guy, after his dad gets killed, Bubba walks out onto the porch or, or, or the, the, the foyer of this, this truck stop and fires a missile at a truck. <laughs> right. okay, yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> I'm all for they have to have some kind of defense. Guns, maybe Molotov cocktails. I, I don't know about you, Greg. I, at no point, I was as shocked as the rest of the people there that he fired a missile. Yeah, for some reason, there is an armory underneath the Dixie Boy that is never explained why it's there. Oh. It's just there. Greg, I have an answer for you. Oh, okay, okay, great. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. And it's just loaded. It's not like, oh, I've got rifles and shotguns. It's like, I've got grenades. I've got missiles. No, 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 it's very easy. It's It's Red State. Okay, okay, let's hear it. It's Red State. It's 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 a great move. (laughs) It's just he—he's secretly a religious fanatical. <laughs> I am—I'm—I'm I'm awaiting the angel of death. I am—I will be his right hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will simply wait. Michael Parks, right, fantastic so, man. Rest in peace. But yeah, why he has an arsenal, I don't know. Yeah, it's—it's um, it's ridiculous. So some of the things that happen: Emilio and the girl fall in love. They have sex. So she implausible. Call, she routinely calls him a hero, like a you lot, do this like a hero. You and I'm like, he's done. What? <laughs> I guess I guess he rescued the kid, but she's been calling him a hero way before that. I no, don't no, understand no. that yeah. at all. He was a hero because he kind of went out there when the truck ran over the guy, but he didn't do anything. He just kind of yeah, like, I, eh. I mean, I, mean I, I don't get it either. Yeah, um, it makes no I, sense. I also don't know why she has to, like, at one point she takes a sink bath in it. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why are we, like, it's not even titillating. You only see her feet. Like I could get if like there's uh, yeah, like, a slow like, like pan a, upper body. I'm like I oh. really expected gratuitous nudity, and I'm we like, did not get it. Well, did you see that wall that was cle- yeah. that was clearly decorated from by the brother from uh, just one of the guys? <laughs> he just yeah. stopped in there one day. And was like, you know what I can do? I can really spruce this place up. Yeah, let me get me a uh, over here. Give me about fifty high societies, <laughs> which 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 we see we at did. least one person yes, reading. So there you go. Yeah. So um. 
So, so I more think stuff. we can cut to when the uh, waitress runs out and yells yes. how, how they, well, you know, we made you. Do we, do, we, do we want to address the Last Supper jukebox? Or are we good with that one? I, again, why does it wait to attack know. anyone? I don't, it's, I don't I just, get it. I, I just, don't understand. I love the idea of a rocking lord. <laughs> Come and because it's not filled with hymns, it's still filled with like Roy Orbison. I, I was gonna say it sounded like it was filled with nothing but ACDC songs. <laughs> I would have been amazed if this jukebox only played traditional Christian hymns. Yeah, yeah, classic. Like uh, we you will know. follow him wherever he may go. The classics, you know. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't even know if that's a Christian song. I know it from Sister Act. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. So. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's say let's say yes. Sure. Why not? Why I'm gonna edit it in. It'll sound beautiful. Yeah, fantastic. Anyway, so so yes, and and then wh- now what sets off the waitress? I I um I don't. The, the the first time she just like loses it, runs out and yells, and they it, it's at night, and they they pull her back in. Yeah, and that's the next day. No, no, no. So this is where... She does it again. No, so the first time that she does it, I forget what sets her off, but she just goes batshit crazy. I think, I think she's just drunk, and she just loot, She just snaps. Oh, uh, it's possible. And, and yells and runs outside. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Because she, she's talking with the other truckers, and she runs outside, and she just starts yelling, We made you! We <laughs> made right. you! You operate because of us! And, right. And I kind of wanted the truck to, like, just pull up and flash its lights and then drive away. Like, <laughs> and, then, and then leave. Well, who seems to have the upper hand here? <laughs> you know? So she she loved doing that so much. She does it the next day when um the mule shows up with its machine gun mounted on it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's uh, not the even a mule. Vehicle. No, it's not even a mule. It's a small cart that you would get at Lowe's to fill with flowers. That someone is <laughs> that someone has attached. Uh, it, I someone know, has attached I'm... a steering wheel and a machine gun to. I can't imagine what the army would be using this for. Though I I I actually looked this up. It is an M twenty seven half ton four x four utility platform truck. It is an actual thing that the army uses. It is it is legit. How did how did he get that? Because you know he asked for a tank. <laughs> you well, know. What was when, the negotiation, guy? What was the negotiation? Oh, is this is this the army? Yep. Yes. Ah, yes. This is I'm, the United States Army. I am Steve, uh, Stephen King. I'm making a, a movie. I'm a famous writer. I don't know if you heard. I'm. Of my, a, I'm. I am a big fan. Yeah. I'm, a huge, um, I'm making. Huge fan. Uh, what can we do for you? I'm making uh, the biggest movie you've ever seen in your life. It's going to be fantastic. It's about. Oh, a, is it the one? Is it the one about the the people in the hotel and they're slowly going crazy? Is no, that, no, I already already did that movie. Oh, nineteen eighty. Uh, Stanley oh, is Kubrick. It, is it the is it the one about the car that comes to life and it murders everybody? No, that was Christine. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. made that in nineteen eighty three. Um, and before you ask, Carrie was nineteen seventy eight. Uh, okay, I'm look. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm in the army. Don't have a ton of money. Don't don't get to go out to the movies. But. Uh, uh, is this the one about the little boy who comes back to life to 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 murder his parents? I'm not familiar with that one. I haven't written it yet. <laughs> uh, have, I, have I mentioned that after an accident I had uh, tr- crashing into a milk truck, I occasionally see the... Ah, yeah, yes, the dead zone, the dead zone. 1986, already done. Listen, uh, 
<laughs> what what I am doing is it's a movie where I need a tank. Can I get a tank? I just need a tank. Can I have oh, a tank? Man, uh, tank. Well, Can I, I have mean, a tank? I just need a tank. No, it's one tank. I can't just give you a tank. tank. Big I tank. Mean, there's a whole. I need a I tank. I can give you a tank. Can I have a tank? You can. No. What I about can't, a tank? I can't. No. Can I have can't a, give tank? a tank? M2 Abrams. I can I have a tank? Can, tank. We large don't tank. Just have tanks. Mid, laying around. Giant tank. Big tank. I can give you. Okay. Okay. Let's big break tank. this down. Tank. Gun. What do you like about a tank? What gun? A big gun. Okay. Well, what if I give you? Something that's really close to a tank with a gun on it. Oh, oh, okay. Like an armored carrier with a gun. Yeah, you could large gun. say that, sure. Is it tank-like? Oh, it, it it certainly is. Okay, okay. Send it. Um, All right. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get you the address. And then that shows up. But he's so cocained out, he just goes, yes! <laughs> Screw you, army. I knew I'd get one over on you. You've, d- you've done it again, king. <laughs> king, you mastermind, you. So, so 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 this little thing shows up and and it's got a gun. I, if I hear firecrackers, I instinctively lower my head. Five yeah. people in this movie hear gunfire for a good 3 minutes. And keep popping up out of the floor. Yeah, just just lay down. Just don't it's get so up. Weird. So anyway, this is this is a classic. Uh oh, we've got too many people. Let's just kill like seven of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it escalates the stakes as well because now people are it's actually true. Dying. It's true. Especially the, so, the so, waitress is the first one. She she just runs out and she's just, speech. She just goes crazy and then gets shot to death. Um, and then um, Baba. Th- 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 this is where they start. I was just going to say a whole bunch of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then the, yeah, the trucks start honking their horns, and the, the kid realizes it's Morse code, and he goes, oh, okay, and he figures out that they want fuel. They, they, the, the, the trucks can't. Very quickly, I might can't add. Can't fuel them. To, yeah, he immediately is like, oh, it's Morse code. Yeah, well, you know what my that. favorite part is? Is he starts with a full, complete sentence, and I, <laughs> where did the Morse code start when you started hearing it? Yeah, I know. It should have started like mid sentence, and then they right. spend like like forty five minutes trying to figure out where the brakes are. Right, but and I would have enjoyed that entire scene. Greg, would you like to do that scene? Here we go. <laughs> you you play the no no no. I do not want to do this. <laughs> we're already we're fifty six minutes in. No, I don't. I don't think we need to do the entire scene. Thank you, Mr. Bibbs, for your constant patronage and comments. <laughs> that was that was for you, Bibbs. That was for you. So so the kid figures out they need fuel. at first I was kinda with the girl, like, who cares if they need fuel, we'll just wait it out. And then Emilio right. does kind of have a good point. Well, yeah, if we wait it out, we go in the basement, the trucks can't get to us. Eventually they just drop a bomb on us. And I was like, Right. And- sure. And in the original short story, this is actually where it ends. It ends with them, the, the, the survivors, just constantly pumping fuel. Oh, really? And there's just a line of cars as long as they can see all the way down the highway. It never ends. They don't stop. Like, And, and the guy starts to think, like, well, eventually we'll run out of fuel. Or, you know, maybe maybe these trucks will eventually break down because no one's repairing them. And and he's kind of just thinking about all the machines he's seen that can like like machines that like pave and how eventually if those continue they could pave like the entire world yeah and how 
how uh, cars are built by robots, so they could, in theory, just forever build themselves if they could get the... So okay. It, and, and it it's an interesting ends. theory. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting yeah. theory. Um, and so, in, in the movie, we're about an hour in, <laughs> and we finally hit the point where they figured out that they're being enslaved by their own machines. It's like a, a classic sci-fi theme. Well, yes. I I kind of liked... I liked the that idea that they would have to be subservient to the machines, and... I kind of almost wish that had kind of gone a little bit longer and we had actually, because again, this only lasts six days. I'm not a big fan of how the movie ends. I kind of like wish they would have padded out more in the middle with some Mm. more action scenes and then this kind of ended and then, you know, you kind of see them filling up the trucks and then they just stop. I think that would have been a cooler moment. But in this one, did you not understand Emilio Estevez is working at this crappy job. He's slinging hash for eight or nine hours a day, depending right. on when he clocks in. Three hours pumping gas, and he has heat exhaustion, giant blisters right. on his hands. Yep. He's yep. completely wasted as a human, and it has not been a day. It's been no. three hours. Right. And he has a broken spirit. That's Didn't take I, long at all. That's kind of where I feel like if this had come at the end of the movie, it would have been a great thing where it just he did that for like day after day. Would have been kind of cool. Instead, it just, he kind of, it, it kind of feels so forced. You're almost like, eh, who cares at this? Yeah, and and it it's now like I said, you're 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 an hour in, and I feel like this should have come thirty minutes in. <laughs> this, this this should have happened real fast. Uh see, I'm the opposite. I think it should have been a slower build with the machines. Um, to be honest, the truck stop truck thing. Uh, we're getting to the very end. So anyway, all this leads up to them eventually escaping, getting out of the truck stop. They, so, yeah, they, they, um, well, we have to say Emilio Estevez has basically said, oh, I know there's an island we can get to off the coast. And it's, it's like a, it's like a reserve. They don't allow anything on it. There's no machines on it. Yep. We'd be safe there. Yep. And he's like, we could, we could get a sailboat that doesn't have any, any machine on it. No, no motor. And we could just get into, we could just go to the island and just wait this out or, or, or live there or whatever. You know, it's a classic, like, zombie solution. Yeah. Oh, we'll just go to an island and we'll be fine. So he slips a grenade, if I'm not mistaken, yes. while fueling, blows it up, causes may- mayhem, and they all escape. But I don't a whole bunch of them die when this happens, too. Uh, only a couple of them die. Um, a couple of them they, die. They've kind of right. weaned out a lot of the crew. Um, they eventually get away. And they kind of, what is it, they they run down the highway. They're kind of following the highway off the road. The trucks start following them. They get to the pier. The guy grabs the ring, which is such a stupid scene. Such a stupid scene, and I will uh, always remember it. Other than the fact that you see the Green Goblin one more time, and he plows through the guy, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty rad. It's not, it's, yeah, oh, agreed. The outcome is great, but the way to get there is very yeah. stupid. And then, um. Uh, Emilio has one last rocket. He fires it right into the Green Goblin. Goblin blows up. And then they get onto a boat, which is, um, yes, it is a sailboat. Mm-hmm. However, I know for mm-hmm. a fact, because I've been on boats like that one, there is an engine. And of course there is. And that is how you get outside of the marina. <laughs> right. You don't just set your sail up like no. as soon as you've cast off your rope. You, you have to have a way out. Not to mention, there'd be other boats in the water with engines that could pursue <laughs> yes. them. It doesn't, it make, doesn't any make any sense. I kind of wanted them to get on the boat and then the boat just like ram into the other pier and blow up. And I'm like, oh, now that was unexpected. That, that is a cocaine-fueled ending. 
That would have been an amazing <laughs> That That would have had people in their seats going like, what is happening? And then, end credits. <laughs> oh, I want to see if I can read the ending of this movie. Because Please it do. is it is just as bananas. Because I have a theory about this ending that I think you may find interesting. It is a theory not proven, but I guess. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Two days after, a large UFO was destroyed in space by a Russian, quote, weather satellite, which happened to be equipped with a laser cannon and class 4 nuclear missiles. Approximately six days later, the Earth passed beyond the trail of Rhea-M, exactly as predicted. Who Now, I, I believe there's actually, isn't there another line that says something like, the survivors of the Dixie Boy are still survivors or something? Not that I saw on the screen. Um, I could have sworn. Maybe. Okay, so, whatever. However. Okay, so, so, wait a minute. Was the comet the problem? The UFO? Are they in cahoots? What's happening? Well, Greg, here's the thing. I have a theory. It's an interesting Why one. didn't, why, why did, why did the satellite, which by all accounts is also a machine, a machine decide to help out? <laughs> well, here's why. Okay. Okay. So, Lay it on me because I have so many, so many questions. So, uh, during, in the middle of the 1980s, a particular person named Applewhite was watching okay. this movie. Okay. Him and his not girlfriend, girlfriend. They're watching this movie, and they said, I believe we need to go get some track shoots and Nikes and start a mm -hmm. cult. I'll let you and the oh, audience boy. figure out the rest. Oh, boy. That website is still available it to is. visit, by it the way. Is. It is. So, because that's exactly what happens. There's a, there's a UFO following behind the trail of a comet. I'm just saying, two and two. That's fantastically put together. Okay. Thank you. Fantastic. In the reality... It goes to your entire thing, though. So when I read that, I'm like, that it. Why? Why you set up this entire movie that the comet was the cause? Right. right. And now there's a UFO. And now there's a UFO. Which, by the way, who gives a crap about how long the comet was there or not? Because you just said in the title right. card, as predicted, the comet went away. You figure out. What was causing all the chaos? Uh, it, it, I don't, it, it's so crazy. It, it's so slapdash. Would you say <laughs> cocaine so fueled? Bad. Yes, I, I think I just might. Would say you say, would you say fueled. a green goblin semi load of cocaine was involved <laughs> I, in the making of this I would, movie? I would not argue if you had said that. So anyway, Paul. Was this film rad? Damn, Greg. Ah, it's tough. The first the first 40 minutes of this movie were great. I really, really like them. You'll you'll get no argument from me. It's fantastic. I really think... I, I'm like, this is going to be an interesting movie. It starts with Stephen King on screen and, yes. and, and the ATM calling him an a-hole. It's right. like the setup is so good. And then it really peters out at the end to the point Big where time. you're almost like... I wish this would just end. I wanted to call this rad, and then it just it just fell off the cliff so hard. Yeah, like I, I think I think where you're right, where it where his story ended, I think that's where he got lost and didn't know where uh, to. Uh, agreed. He didn't know how to finish the movie. Agreed. It feels it feels very much kind of like like a Game of Thrones is right now, where you can clearly see 
where George R. R. Martin has stopped writing. Yes, yes. Because and then the pacing is suddenly like normal TV pacing. Everything is five thousand percent faster. <laughs> right, right. And you're like, what is happening? So, um, so for me, yes. I would officially say it was, it was not rad. It was a it was a it was a close like fifty five forty five split. It just the ending. If the ending was tighter and there was that surprise boat explosion. Would have hooked me right at the end. Agreed. But, yeah, it fell off at the end. Greg, is this film so rad? Man, I, I just just copy and paste what you said and, and play it again because I'm I'm with you. It, it, watching it, I was like, man, this movie is garbage, but, man, is it fun garbage. Yep, yep, I would agree. And right when they blow up that mule and then run for the docks, I'm just like, I, this movie can't end quick enough. It's, it is not rad. Yeah. Not rad, no. And it's it it, it it bums me out. I say this all the time. There is a great movie in here. Now, they did make a movie based on the short story this is based on called Trucks. The movie oh, was called Trucks. I didn't know that. It was, I, I don't know if it was TV. It had Timothy Busfield in it. Now, I've never seen it. Okay. Uh, I, I remember, I think Sci-Fi Channel played it a lot, and I caught clips of it. And th- this movie seems to be much more to where they've all been enslaved and they're trying to outsmart the trucks. And and there's there's a lot of, like, people just night and day having to fuel them up at the gas station and stuff. Yep. Uh, I think I'd like to see that one, even though that one's probably not so great either. But, nah, man. I don't even think there's, like, a good movie in here. I, I, think, I think it's just not good. And it's too bad because, I mean, like I said, it, it's a fantastic premise. Um, I think because they got hung up on the trucks and getting to that part, part like you can definitely yeah. tell, like the gas station was what he wrote for the story. And I haven't read the story, but I'm going to guess most of that story oh, is just it, the truck it, stop. It, it stays it. in the truck stop, period. Yeah, yeah stop. it doesn't go anywhere else. Well, that's the end of the that's the end of the episode. Oh, wait, wait, Whoa, what? Wait a minute. It is not the end of the episode. No, no body uh, count. I'm done. We're not doing body count because I couldn't find a single place that did body count. I, I, I gave up. But we did something last episode with Blind Fury. We gave out a tagline. Oh, we yes. Said, yes. Beat the tagline. Yes. Which was, I should have had this written down, but it's something to the effect of he's blind, but he don't need no dog. Uh, we had uh, one entry. <laughs> so by default, Stephen Buja of the Oscar uh, podcast, Oscar Watch podcast, you are the winner. Justice is blind and furious. <laughs> I think that's a fantastic tagline. It literally is not any better or worse than what we've got. <laughs> I think it's great. Okay. So uh, I, I would like to now do the tagline for this film and see if we can come up with a better one. Uh, the tagline, uh, now, as as typical, there are multiple taglines. And uh, I, will, I will read them off, and I want you, Paul, to pick the one you think we can do the best. So here we are in no particular order. The taglines, all five of them are... Who made who? Question mark. Stephen King's masterpiece of terror directed by the master himself. Imagine your worst nightmare. Machines take over the world. I like that one because it says, imagine your worst nightmare and then tells me what my worst nightmare <laughs> yes, is. That's a good one. It's fantastic. Evil's Wheels. I think they phoned that one in. And The Day Horror went into overdrive. Um, I would have used the tagline, cocaine, you won't believe the shit we can make up. <laughs> Mine was going to be cocaine. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> All right. So there we go. If you think you can come up with a better tagline than any of those, and I feel confident that you can. I try. Uh, 
please, please, please hit us up on uh, on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, and uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, us out. Why don't we do a hashtag? Hashtag TWR tag. Oh, that's okay. Okay, yeah. Hashtag yeah, yeah, TWR that. tag. That way we can. That way you can actually look for that at the top. So TWR tag. Smart. Um, hashtag TWR tag, and maybe we'll do that for a few more episodes. And, that's uh, yeah, keep that's going. smart. Um, so we thank Mr. Bibbs as always. Um, we, we obviously listen uh, to to uh, comments right. from our our listeners. So if you have a we, comment, we, uh, please Bibbs, drop. I think uh, I think Bibbs for the last episode will give you associate producer credit. Yes, I, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. So thank you very much. If you want to become a patron like Mr. Bibbs, just go to pot. This was rad podbean.com click the green button you can find us obviously on uh, on facebook twitter and instagram you can go to those fun social sites and find us um if you uh that's about it right uh i don't have anything else i haven't been listening to any other podcasts because i was on vacation for a good chunk of the end of november so uh, uh i i just discovered skeptoid uh they do not need a plug from us they're enormous but i i like their podcast okay sounds good uh, and that's it. So, Greg, our next movie. Now, it's going to be an interesting run here. So, I won't get into a lot of details. Um, with, with when we had Willow on the podcast, um, we were kind of limited as to what we could do for certain holiday movies. Um, for various personal reasons. Um, now that she's not here, we're a little bit more open. So, we want to kind of get into the deeper cuts of of holiday films. Obviously, we do horror month, but for the holiday season. Um, that which is uh, the Merry Yuletide. I don't know. Should we give it a fun name or um, what? This was Christmas. You don't, th- I I was just gonna say let's just call it Christmas. <laughs> I mean, could, can we can we water it down any more than it already is? I mean, I'm just I'm trying to think of taglines. I'm trying to think of hashtags. Uh, Radmus. That's terrible. I don't know. <laughs> this was Radmus on me last minute, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's when it's best. That's when it's best. Something all right. So we're going to be doing some holiday movies finally. Um, and the first one we're going to do is I think I think for us, this is the perennial Christmas movie that really we grew up with. was probably one of the first ones we actually saw in a movie theater, at least for me. Um, was really just a huge, huge movie for us as children. Came out in 1990. Launched a career of a young man named Cully Culkin. And, of course, we are talking about The Good Son. Yeah, classic. Classic <laughs> Christmas festive Yuletide film. <laughs> that came out the in 90 to 92. Home Alone, which uh, I am going to force Willow to watch. Um, we um, Just so you know, we'll never do it because it is just a gag fest. We uh, we did actually watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation last year. Um, just Willow and I. She loved it. It was hilarious. It would be terrible podcast. Be a terrible podcast because it, it would just be like, remember when he remember, yeah, remember, the sled and he yeah. and he sets the snow on fire. That's no, no, really no. Funny and- why don't you go back and listen to Police Academy and you'll realize why we don't do yeah. straight gag fest movies. No, not not good. Um, but, uh, yeah, Home Alone. Home Alone so would be good. Alone. I haven't seen this movie in a while. I haven't either. It is on Netflix for free. Beauty. Um, so we can do that. And uh, later in the season, we are going to be doing uh, my personal favorite Christmas movie of all time. Uh, the Santa Claus movie, and and then wait, now you got to specify, man. It's not Santa Claus the movie because that came out in like the, the 30s or the 40s or whatever. It's not the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. No, it is a completely different movie than both of those. Yes, yes, it's called the Santa Claus story. So there you go. That's coming later, and of course, 
what we were going to do for Christmas anyway was our Christmas adjacent movie, uh, uh, Lethal, Lethal Weapon. Weapon. Yeah. Um, we have well, a different. We have movies. another movie thrown in there in between, but um, that's what we got for for next week is Home Alone. So just thought we'd give you guys a little preview of the upcoming season. I'm done. I'm all set. I'm Paul. I'm Greg. This has been a Podtron Network production. For more of this show and others like it, find Podtron on Twitter at Podtron Network and search Podtron Network on Facebook.